The following conversation with Terrell Young, a local father, college student, and KPOV DJ about white supremacy in law enforcement, originally aired on October 24, 2017, on The Point on KPOV 88.9 FM, High Desert Community Radio in Bend, Oregon. Airing weekdays at 9 a.m., The Point is a half-hour, locally produced news, feature, and digest show focusing on the people and activities of Central Oregon. We are here today. We're going to be talking about the issue of white supremacy in America, something that uh, I know we all wish we weren't still talking about. Uh, And specifically, uh, infiltration of white supremacists into local law enforcement, according to uh, an FBI investigation and report that was recently leaked. Um, When we talk about local law enforcement, just want to make it clear, we're talking about local law enforcement around the country and not specifically uh, Central Oregon. So when you hear local law enforcement, we're we're speaking in national terms. And we're very fortunate to have with us to talk about this, Terrell Young. Um, Terrell is a black American, a local person who also has a show on KPOV, Urban Mix, Friday nights at 10 o'clock. Very good show. Terrell's a father, a COCC student, um, and knows a lot about these issues. And so we're, we're fortunate to have him. Thank you for joining us on The Point this morning, Terrell. Oh, great to be here. Great to be here. I'm happy. <laughs> Good. All right. Fantastic. So I guess we'll just let you start. But what I'm wondering is we want to talk about the, the infiltration of, of local law enforcement by white supremacy. But can you tell us um, – in general, what is your understanding of what white supremacy is? Um, in general, white supremacy um, is really a a system. Um, it's a a system, a belief. It's a religion. To be honest with you, <laughs> it's kind of like a, a religion um, that people who practice it believe in it. They they. Uh, use cold words as far as uh, things to say without saying, you know, words that you would normally hear, you know, it would, that would be derogatory towards blacks or any other group. They're just doing it a little bit differently now. They're they're coding their language um, in today's standards. All right. And so you actually brought to my attention this report, this FBI report. Um, can you tell us what does this FBI FBI reports say about infiltration of local law enforcement by white supremacists. Well, I just said that the FBI did a report in 2006, and the FBI concluded that there were groups, certain groups, uh, that were infiltrating law enforcement, um, and it has been going on for years. Um, it's interesting that they would do the report in 2006 because we, we've we known this has been happening since the, the, the 50s. I mean, this is, you know, uh, 1920s. So this is nothing um, new. Um, it kind of starts – it actually before then it started with slave patrols. So you have to go way, way back. Um, but that's the report that they put out. Um, they have – they use terms, white supremacists use terms called ghost skins, where you have uh, white supremacists who enter into law enforcement, but they have to remove their tattoos. They remove, uh, you know, certain things or words that they would use that would kind of put them out there as being white supremacists. Um, so the white supremacists use the term ghost skin. So when a person infiltrates, that's how they kind of identify themselves when they're talking amongst themselves secretly. 
So they're, they're, they use a term in the FBI report called ghost skins. All right. And does the report shed any light on why uh, white supremacists would want to infiltrate local law enforcement? Oh, wow. <laughs> to maintain white supremacy. Uh, you know, to maintain white supremacy, that's the main reason. Um, and then they're everywhere. Of course, we know they're all into politics. Of course, they would be in law enforcement um, experiences in, in school that I've had. Um, I think I've said this before where, you know, you're in class and you know that they're white supremacists are, that are in the classroom based on the speech, the language that they say. um and based on things that I've heard personally uh, at CLCC. All right. So you took some criminal justice yes. uh, class, classes there. And can you give some examples of, of the white supremacy that you noticed coming in that classroom? Um, well, first of all, like I said, uh, just walking into a classroom, um, I, there was a guy who had a class before mine. And I came in with two or three other people. We sat down. He was watching a video of a NBA basketball game or some kind of game on his computer. He didn't know I was sitting in the back. And they was doing what you call a dunking contest. So they was going to the hoop, dunking the ball in the hoop. And he used the N-word saying that's an N-dunk, right? Mm, okay. <laughs> so he didn't know I was in the back. I asked the other female who was beside me did she hear she said i heard it so what happened was he left and i went and talked to the teacher about to say hey look you know this guy who's in law enforcement or trying to be a sheriff i think that's what he wanted to be he's using the n-word that i said that kind of worries me what are we going to do about it so we had like a about an hour-long talk uh, with the instructor what's interesting is he saw me but he, you know, he kind of left really early, um, so he he kind of jetted out of there, <laughs> and um, he never came back. He never came back to the classroom. Him or his friend, they, ne- they just never came back. I don't know if they dropped the classes or, but um, you know, of course, I went up to upper levels of the of the school administration to talk talk to Gordon uh, Gordon Price at CLCC, and um, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, talk to Tom Barry. Okay. Tom Barry, who's I think he's a local DJ here now. Yeah, he is a yeah. sociology professor. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, talk, CLCC. Yeah. Talk to him. So they were all aware about about the things that were going on in there. So, um, but for him to say something like that outright and to think that he was safe for saying it really alarmed me, and I got kind of nervous because I'm thinking, okay, this guy wants to be a sheriff. Well, we got a problem here. And so, what I've been doing over the last two to three years is. Inside, when you take nursing, you have to do background checks and things like that. I wanted to implement that into the course, you know, to get a psychological background check for people who are entering that field so we can kind of weed out the bad apples, you know, kind of see um, what what belief systems, you know, maybe they have. Are they psychologically prepared to become a law enforcement officer? Because when you have people coming in saying the N-word like that, and not knowing that I'm in the back, <laughs> um, that's a problem for me. That that worries me a lot. Mm-hmm. So back to the FBI report, did they did they say anything about the extent of this infiltration around the country? Uh, they said it's eighteen thousand uh, law enforcement agency. Um, they said it was it was pretty high. Um, it it 
it worries me a little bit uh, because I don't understand if they're if they know it's there. Why aren't they doing anything about it? You know, they reported it. They know that they're in there. But why aren't they doing anything about it? This is probably the bigger question there. Mm-hmm. And what's the connection then between uh, this may be obvious, but it'd be nice if you could end it. Explain it a little bit. What's the connection between white supremacists on in law enforcement and white supremacy? And then let's talk about the oppression of people of color in general. Um, do you mean like the difference between just regular white supremacy and then? No, I, I guess the question would be how how is law enforcement involved related in this country to oppression of people of color? Well, it's, oh, it's been like that for hundreds of years. I mean, you, you, like I said, you have to go back to the slave patrols. What were the slave patrols? Slave patrols were put in ground to get black people who kind of got out of line or who at that time yet slavery. So people, you know, they own other people. So if they got out of line, they used the slave patrols to go get those slaves who kind of who rebelled or, you know, wanted to leave. They would get them as kind of like. You know, retrieving their their slaves and putting them in line. Okay. So basically, that's basically kind of how policing got started. That's actually in our law enforcement books that we we learn um, inside the classroom. They skip over it, but <laughs> but it's there. It's there. And how is that? How does that show up today? You know, so fast forward to twenty seventeen. How is that that concept of using law enforcement to? I'll say keep people of color in their place how is how does that working today well it works in in all areas i mean everywhere you go um like even with the area where i'm from there are police stations all over the place you know there are are there are sheriff stations there but they definitely haven't in particularly in the inner city right in the heart of the city like where i'm from police stations like right around the corner it's, it's almost like an apartheid type thing where you have like an uh, kind of like in south africa so they're kind of like they're all up in the inner cities like two or three of them an area where i'm from uh and where are you from i'm from virginia okay so there's charlottesville right <laughs> so, oh yeah. yeah yeah so um so yes uh, you just kind of see them all over the place and it's, it's basically the same thing it's it's always been of kind of keep these people in line you know um and Keep them in line, keep them where they're supposed to be, and and that's kind of how certain areas, uh, because of the treatment over hundreds of years, is kind of how they some certain communities look at law enforcement, based on the history of what law enforcement is. You had riots where law enforcement joined the riots, you know, in attacking black folks. I mean, law enforcement was in the South where you, they are the ones that told them to get out of the you know, the restaurants, go mm-hmm. eat in the back. So that kind of experience, I'm not saying all law enforcement are like that because they're not, um, but there are some particular people who are in law enforcement who share those views. And those psychology tests is, gonna, is going to detect that. All right. Thank you very much. We're speaking with Terrell Young, a local COC student, father, also a KPOV DJ, about uh, white supremacy in law enforcement. All right, we're back. On the Tuesday Point with uh, Steve Schaefer, Terrell Young, talking about white supremacy in law enforcement around the country. And um, Steve, are you willing to, to share what you shared during the break? Because that was a 
Well, I just think it's, you know, I would have never expected that we would have language problems in our community. But I have to say, you know, it's kind of like listening to the term law enforcement. I remember meeting a gentleman one time and he told me that he was a retired peace officer, which sounds a lot better. And I, I think we all need to take a few steps back and really start to look at things for what they actually are instead of, you know, ignoring a lot of what's going on, even in our own community. I, I was shocked to, to listen to that story. Yeah, it was it was pretty shocking to me. But it all I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I, my major was criminal justice. So when you're in those classes, you already see the tension there. I mean, just sitting down in the classroom, just some of the questions and some of the the answers or that they would give to the instructor. So it, it, you know, I think most people who take law enforcement want to, to mean, they mean well, you know, they want to protect and serve our community, but there are some that are in there, um, you know, for the wrong reasons. You know, I think it's easy to, you know, for a lot of people that start out wanting to be in law enforcement it kind of goes to their head and uh, they get a little carried away and i think it is easy to get carried away and uh, and in these times that's the last thing we should be doing is getting carried away we should be stepping back a few steps it's uh not it's not the country it used to be and it needs to be a much better country definitely um i think uh you know, like we're seeing now, um, basically they're not even hiding it anymore. White supremacists are coming out. Um, they're not hiding it like the Richard Spencers and the, you know, um, you know, the Milos um, of the country who I think Richard Spencer spoke not too long ago uh, in Florida. Um, so they're coming out and um, and it's something that we have to pay attention to. They're, these people are dangerous. So, yeah, I think it really shakes our our idea of democracy right to the to the core uh this is a country of equal rights and it's supposed to be that way yeah so troy you said that they're not hiding it anymore which kind of leads me to believe that this what's what we're seeing now has has been there yes it's just been better hidden is that a is that an accurate assessment Yes, it's, it's it's been hidden. Um, there there are all types of reason. Like on Twitter, they're mad at me because and people that I deal with is because we break their codes down. So they get very upset um, when they use Peppy the Frog. Um, I don't know if people have heard that. There's a little frog that most white supremacists use. He's green. Um, sometimes they have him dressed in a little Nazi uh, Nazi suit, <laughs> or there's the OK sign, which really means white power. If you put up the OK, the three fingers of the W, and the O is kind of the P. You see, see it when I'm, I'm doing I it now? I see it when you, when yeah, you when hold I it up. Yeah. <laughs> so we're breaking down their codes, and, and they don't like that. Um, there's certain coded language that they use. Um, so I get backlash from Twitter. And then one of the things they like to do is troll. They like to waste your time. You can't change these people's minds. So if you keep arguing with them, that's another tactic that they use. to. They'll call me the N-word. They'll call me all kind of stuff because we're just breaking down their codes. So it's definitely not hidden anymore. Yeah, that's why do you think people now feel more comfortable or confident or whatever in just coming right out with the white supremacy, whereas they used to, I guess, feel like they had to hide a little more? Well, I think it's I think it's fear. I think the, the country demographically is changing. Um, it's fear. 
and Richard Spencer says that Richard Spencer he at least one thing that he will he white supremacists are never really honest but he will tell you exactly what he, he says is fears genetic um, they're concerned about genetic annihilation you know things like that so it's it's basically fear that's why they're coming out more so than they were before when they were hidden I, you know, and it, it to me, I have to mention this. There was a film that was done way back in 1999 called Bullworth. And I would encourage all the listeners out there to, to possibly take a look at that film because I think it really gives a clear perspective historically on what black people have had to put up with in this country. Yeah, it's it's a lot of films. I, even the uh, Birth of a Nation, uh, 1914 film, I think, um, that's another film I think people should watch. Another film people should watch is Hidden Colors. Um, that's another great film. And then there's a, a documentary out called 1804 about the Haitian Revolution. That's number now the main street is not the main media is not saying nothing about it, but it's number one on Amazon right now. Um, that's a another historical view of about white supremacy in Haiti, how the Haitians got the revolution, how that led to you know, the French giving up the land in the, the Midwest. Um, so there's a lot of uh, historical uh, DVDs and films that are coming out. So that's 1804? Yeah, 1804 is in theaters now. It's just during the smaller markets. Um, but the DVD is number one as we speak right now. It's kind of like I mentioned Bullworth earlier. I remember seeing Bullworth in 1999 here in Bend, and it was only at the theaters for two weeks. But I think uh, there were some comments that were made that weren't particularly popular with corporate. Oh wow, <laughs> people! Yeah, he took a shot at the the movie industry and quite a number of industries. Wow. <laughs> All right. All right. So, uh, what's the takeaway? We've got about a minute, and these uh, interviews go fast. In terms of this infiltration with uh, local law enforcement by white supremacists, I, I just say that you know, just be, keep your eyes open, just be aware. And if you're a person who wants to fight injustice, um, just be aware of what's going on. Um, you know, we're not going to solve it in one year, but as long as we're fighting it and trying to make the country better, I think America will be okay. I think it's important just plain to talk about it, yeah. and you don't get many chances to have this kind of discussion almost any on any other radio station. Definitely. Right. We we do believe in having the hard conversations here on uh, KPOV for sure, because uh, even though it might make people uncomfortable, it, you, sometimes you have to be really uncomfortable in order to learn. Um, and uh, thank you very much, Terrell. Oh, no for, problem your willingness to come on and talk about this and um if you're if you want to listen to the radio friday night you really should tune into kpov at 10 o'clock <laughs> terrell yeah, does a they, great show they definitely party <laughs> yeah <laughs> thanks for listening to this kpov podcast kpov is community radio for the high desert of central oregon for more information and our program schedule go to kpov.org we value your feedback please drop us a note at podcast at kpov.org